What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Is This a Bad Take? This is the show where we take one or two specific opinions and then we end up, you know, me giving my own personal opinion on it and you decide if this is a good take or a bad take. So the one thing I want to get into before getting anything else is I figured this would be the perfect fitting first topic for everything. I need to talk about the disrespect that is being shown to the Jaguars and the amount of respect that is being shown, un- unwarranted respect is being shown to teams like the Cleveland Browns, the LA Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Jets. The amount of respect that is being shown to teams that have done absolutely nothing, nothing. They've proven nothing. The Browns are hot garbage. They've had, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, Pro Football Focus, I guess, has it out for my team. I, I don't know what the situation is. They've released over the last couple of days, they've launched uh, two different post NFL draft power rankings. Now, I don't have an issue with the first five. That seems okay across the board. Like I'm cool with it, at least for the, you know, across the NFL. For those who don't know, they have the Kansas City Chiefs at number one, the Eagles at number two, the 49ers at three. If they have a quarterback, I'll give it to them. The Cincinnati Bengals at four and the Buffalo Bills at five. I'm okay with that. Now, where I start to take issue is the New York Jets at number six. For a team that has done absolutely nothing outside of sign Aaron Rodgers, who, okay, we're going to get into this a little bit. The hype around the Jets, in my opinion, is completely unwarranted. You've got a situation to where you brought in an aging veteran who is a dumpster fire in the locker room, who complained about how he had no weapons. Uh, when he was in Green Bay, and then he goes and signs all of his no weapons for the last couple of years on his list that totally didn't exist. It's absolutely asinine to me. But the Jets are going to go from what seven and ten to eight and nine. I, they're still even with Aaron Rodgers, even with Alan Lazard, who is a wide receiver three on a good day, even with Randall Cobb, who is mid thirties, late thirties, almost forty years old as a wide receiver. Even with guys like this who you're bringing in who are, you know, have the rapport with Rodgers, you are still the third best team in that division. The Bills are the number one team in that division. You can't tell me otherwise. And then the Dolphins are number two, solely based on defense and offensive talent. And if two is, they made it to the playoffs without Tua pretty much all year. If Tua stays healthy, the Jets are still the third best team in that division. That's absolutely insane that they are so unbelievably overhyped to me. It's not even funny. Dallas is even worse. Dallas finds a way to do this every single year where they always find a way to sneak into the polls. And then they end up having a situation where Dak Prescott throws it away. He only played for 12 games last year. Didn't even throw for 3000 yards. And he, at one point in time, Dak Prescott actually had as many touchdowns or touchdowns, as many interceptions as Derek Carr while playing three less games. The guy is an average quarterback at best. He just lost Ezekiel Elliott, or Ezekiel Elliott, and so there goes 870 yards on the ground. Tony Pollard didn't even play the full season because he got hurt. Do wish he has a speedy recovery, but he ran for 1,000 yards, and he actually did average quite a few yards per carry. I'll give him that. And then you only had uh, CeeDee Lamb as your only wide receiver. Your next best wide receiver was 800 yards behind him. That's ridiculous. If you lock down CeeDee Lamb, you force him to run it on the ground or you force Dak to throw it. And Dak is not a pure passer. He's not an elite passer. And this isn't even remotely close to debatable. Uh, the Cowboys are going to find a way to throw this away almost immediately. That's just crazy to me. And then the other one is uh, the Chargers, who the fact that the Jaguars aren't even on this list is crazy to me. Because not only did we beat Dallas, not only did we beat New York, not only did we beat the Chargers, not only did we beat the Ravens, 
We beat four teams on this list, yet somehow we're off of it, which is ridiculous to me. The Browns, the Cleveland fucking Browns are ahead of so many other teams on this list. The Browns. Are you serious? You have Deshaun Watson came back and did terrible. He did absolutely terrible. He played for six games, completed less than 60% of his passes and threw for a thousand yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. He's broken. He's done. Deshaun is washed. Deshaun washed him and he's done. That's it. Nick Chubb is your only source of offense. Kareem Hunt's on his way out the door. So there goes 500 yards in the ground. Nick Chubb with 1500 yards. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But again, we have another situation where the running back is the sole source of the offense. You have Amari Cooper, who went for 1,100 yards, and you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had a breakout year. That's it. I mean, you have – that's 2,000 of your passing yards right there. That's it. Like, it's the Browns were not that good. And, yeah, they've got, you know, oh, we have Miles Garrett, and we have all these other guys, and, you know, we have a great defensive line. You do, and you have a decent secondary. But if your offense can't score points, ask the not or ask at the time the seven and ten New York Jets what happens when your offense can't score points and you have a good defense. You're done. They're not even the best team in their division. They're the third best team of their division, too. Maybe even fourth. It just ah, if you look at the AFC North, and if you guys haven't realized what the show is going to start to be, it's literally just me going on a, a angry, rapid paced tangent. So hopefully you enjoy it. If you look at the AFC North, the Browns at best are the third best team in that division. And the only way they're the third best team in that division is if you have the Ravens and a hurt Lamar Jackson. Because when Lamar Jackson was hurt and Tyler Huntley was quarterback, they averaged 14 points per game. Two touchdowns per game. That is not going to win you anything. That is another situation where what happens when you have a good defense and a stagnant offense. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that is one of the other teams that was ahead of the Jaguars on this roster was the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, The Los Angeles Chargers at number eight. Let's get into them as well. You have the Chargers where I don't even know if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen have ever played a healthy season together. You just drafted the second coming of Kelvin Benjamin at a TCU in Johnston. I just don't understand it. You have three of the exact same receiver playing the position. And you have a quarterback who for some reason doesn't seem to have that it factor. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It, he 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 lacks that dog in him. Let's put it that way. He he lacks that it factor, that that proven, you know, everybody, you know, get on my back. I'm going to carry you to the finish line. Look at what Steph Curry did for that last Lakers-Warriors game where he is absolutely just willing his team to the finish line, dragging them to the finish line. Herbert doesn't have that. You've got injuries across the board. You've got hurt players. You've got Khalil Mack who wasn't really living up to his potential. And you did have J.C. Jackson hurt his ankle, and he's supposed to be back, but we'll see. I mean, I don't think the Chargers did either. So you've got all the entire – I'll even leave the Chargers on there at eight, but the fact that the Jaguars on there is ridiculous. And let's keep going. Let's look at the AFC post-draft power rankings, which, again, you have the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills as one, two, and three. And you have the Jets, again, who I think is the most overrated team, and this is going to be the biggest absolute nothing burger going into this season. The Jets are going to flop, and I cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait. Again, you have the Chargers at number five. You have the Browns at six, the Ravens at seven, the Dolphins at eight. The Dolphins actually deserve to be on this list. The Dolphins are a good team. Then we have Jacksonville at nine and the Steelers at 10. Steelers, I can see being on this list. Steelers, I can see being in that AFC power rankings because, no, they're not the best team in the AFC North, but they're still a great team. 
they're okay, not a great team, Jim. I'm sorry. They're not a great team, but they're on the up and up. They're coming to that point. They're building, they're rebuilding. They have solid pieces around Kenny Pickett. They have solid pieces around Najee Harris. They arguably had one of the best drafts this past year. One of because Philly fell ass backwards into two of the best defensive players in the draft. But the Steelers lucked into some great players. You've got Joey Porter Jr. And you have, you know, uh, Washington. You have so many other good players that they took. They took that offensive lineman who's going to help bolster that line because Najee Harris has somehow rushed for a thousand yards every season he's been in the league. And I don't understand how he's been able to do it behind that really bad offensive line, but he's been able to do it. Like it's, it doesn't make any sense to me why, what PFF is going through. I don't know if it's personal beef with certain teams. I don't know if it's just, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. Um, I'm going <laughs> to, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the hate. I don't get the blatant disrespect. I don't get the, the Texans fans who have been, who have been going back and forth with me about how great they are. I don't get the, I especially don't get the Titans fans. Uh, my buddy Jim over at Fan of the Van, uh, shout out to you, man, made a fantastic point about Malik Willis and them giving up on Malik Willis after one year. When you have a team like that, you have a quarterback who didn't play at that high level of Division One football. It's going to be a learning curve for him to get to this next level of the NFL, and you're going to give up on him after six months, and then you're going to draft Will Levis? Mr. Whole Banana Eating Mayo in My Coffee Drinking... Just I I don't know, dude. Dude reminds me of Ryan Mallett. Will Levis reminds me of a shorter Ryan Mallett. And for those who don't remember Ryan Mallett uh, at the NFL level, there's a reason for that. He could do everything Will Levis could do. He could be on his knees at the 50 yard line and hit the goalpost. He had remarkable accuracy. He had an incredible arm. He had the size. He had the power. He had everything. But he could not put it together. It was another situation where he didn't have that it factor. He didn't have that mentality to go into an NFL game, to read an NFL defense, to progress to that next level. Because say what you want about how Kentucky beat Florida last year, how Kentucky beat a lot of teams last year. When you look at Will Levis and you look at what he did, Will Levis was only the dominating force in the games against teams like Youngstown State, Northern Illinois, stuff like that. Those are the games where he showed out and games he's supposed to win. Game on the line, money on the line, fourth quarter drive to win this thing. I don't want him at quarterback. And to be fair, this is coming from a guy who hasn't played football since high school, but I do have eyes. This is coming from a guy who has no scouting sources, no, you know, no connections to teams, but I do have common sense. I I can, I'm not an expert, but I can read when the writing's on the wall and I can usually make safe bets and predictions just because of common sense. Common sense is telling me the Jets are still going to be the third best team in their division, because Rodgers has only added Brees Hall and he's only added, which to say that he didn't have running back help already with Adams is insane, but they added that he's got Brees Hall, which is great. Brees Hall is coming off an injury. I hope he responds well. I hope he recovers well. And I hope he does great. Then you have rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. You have a fantastic defense on that line, which is, you know, they could do this. The jets are a decent team, but they're not better than Buffalo. They're not better than Miami. And they may not be better than New England. I really don't think the Jets the Jets aren't making it to the playoffs. You can lock that in right now. Jets are not going to be playoff bound. They're not making the wild card. Rogers is going to make $100 million this year and walk out of there. I think they made a terrible mistake. I just I don't understand the hype around the teams. The Jets are beyond overrated. 
The Cowboys, like usual, are always overrated. The Browns are the worst team in the AFC North. And I, I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get where PFF is getting these numbers. I don't get where these analysts are getting these numbers. I don't get where you have guys like Kyle Brandt who are making these tiered quarterback lists and say that Trevor Lawrence is a six-tier quarterback behind Jimmy Garoppolo. One thing that you'll learn if you listen to uh, the Two Dudes of Sports News show with me and Jalen, we don't give people nicknames unless they've earned it. Uh, I can say Garoppolo, so I will not call him Jimmy G because he hasn't earned that nickname. He's Jimmy Garoppolo. He is an average quarterback. Put him behind Russell Wilson, who, yeah, he was great, you know, two, three years ago, but he had one of the worst worst seasons I've ever seen in a long, long time. He was behind Russell Wilson. He was behind Deshaun Watson. He was behind Justin Herbert, who he outdueled twice last year. He was behind so many other quarterbacks in this in tier six of a seven-tiered system. He was only ahead of rookies, and he was back there with Tua. That's disrespectful to Tua, too. I don't get it. I, Kyle Brandt is Kyle Brandt messed up so badly. Not only did he have the entire Jaguars fan base going after him, Trevor Lawrence, who is remarkably quiet on social media, said that the game is not played on paper, and he's right. And Kyle Brandt kind of defends himself and says, "Oh, well, you know, the game's not played on paper, but you have to beat, you know, Mahomes, and you have to beat Burrow, and you have to beat Josh Allen." Yeah, you're right, but. He's not saying he's better than all of them. The Jaguars and Jaguars fans are saying he's better than those three guys. They're saying he's on par with those guys. They're saying he's in the conversation as one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And I will fully back that up. And I will fully back that up with stats. The next step, the team, we literally just got Calvin Ridley, who for his last full season of the league, he played with a broken foot and still went for 1400 yards. I just, the, the disrespect, look, keep sleeping on the Jaguars, man. I, we're all, we're loving it. We're eating it up. I can't wait to see how the season plays out. Keep sleeping on, you know, some of these other teams who, you know, keep keep paying attention to these PFF lists. Keep paying attention to ESPN. Keep paying attention to Good Morning Football with Kyle Brandt and all these other talking heads who are just throwing out pure numbers that they find somehow to fit their whole, this whole narrative thing they're trying to push with how the Jets are going to be amazing you know, the Browns are having this great resurgence here, how you've got the Chargers are going to be great again. And the Chargers are at this point every single year. Uh, and I'm sick. Don't even get me started on how terrible Dallas is every year. Dallas is the, oh, I'm trying to think who else is in that division. I, I'll say it. I think the Giants are better than Dallas. <laughs> I really do. Danny Tumbles, uh, Mr. Daniel Jones over there, who has never thrown more touchdowns in a season than he started. Uh the Giants are better than Dallas. Dallas is the third best team in their division too, yet they're ranked at number seven in this whole you know, ranking system of best teams after the draft, which the Giants were no slouch in that draft either. They drafted some good pieces. Philadelphia Eagles drafted some great pieces. Commanders are terrible, but that's, not besides, that's way besides the point. The point is you have in this list, the only one that counts that isn't the best team of their division is the Chargers, and the Chargers are the second best team of their division. Because the Broncos, if you get rid of Russell Wilson, are going to be great. But you can't. It's too much money. Russell Wilson is going to keep you guys in the basement for years. But you'll be welcome and comfortable down there with Oakland. Because they're terrible, too. Because Josh McDaniels has proven time and time again why he is not a good head coach. Why he can't take that next step to be a good head coach. And I don't care if you have Devontae Adams. I don't care if you have Josh Jacobs. You certainly don't pay Josh Jacobs enough. And that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. The fact that... and. Even to go back on Denver, you guys are starting to get a little inside track on how my brain works, jumping from A, B, 7, Q, you know, whatever, firing on all cylinders here. We're just dumping 
everything. And this is the first episode, so there's going to be a couple of hiccups here and there. So bear with me. Um, but <laughs> I don't care if you have Devontae Adams. I don't care if you have Josh Jacobs. You can still find a way to mess that up. You're not paying Josh Jacobs like you need to pay him. And there's no excuse for Denver. Denver has KJ Hamler. Uh, you have Jerry Judy. And you have Cortland Sutton. You have fantastic receivers. You've got decent run. You've got a decent running back. Yeah, you've got a, actually you have a great running back in Javante Williams. You have Javante Williams, who again is coming off injury. But if Javante Williams can come off injury and be healthy, you have a fantastic running back. And now that Nathaniel Hackett is out of the way, hopefully Sean Payne can turn that thing around. But what he needs to do is he also needs to teach Russell Wilson how to see the field again. And uh, Dave, I know you you're with me on this over at uh, 1420 Sports. Russell Wilson needs to see the field again. And I know you and every other Broncos fan is really, really hoping that Sean Payton could turn this thing around. And for y'all's sake, I do too. I just have no faith in it. I think Russ is cooked. Russ is cooked. Jets are overrated. Cowboys are always garbage. Dak is mid. Those are my your four takeaways from this. And then the Jaguars are criminally underrated. But you have Russell Wilson could not see the field last year. And you can ask KJ Hamler that when he was wide open to the end zone. It was either the same game or on back-to-back weeks. No, it was the same game. It was twice in the same game, and Russell Wilson missed them. And it comes out later that, oh, he had a torn you know, muscle in his throwing or his non-throwing shoulder. Great. Doesn't affect your eyesight. He's not reading the field. He wasn't reading the field well last season. He wasn't playing the game well last season. And if you look at his stats, you can't argue with me on that. You can try, but I'm just going to keep pointing back to the stats. So, and while Trevor Lawrence is right, the game isn't played on paper. Numbers do wind up on paper because the numbers come from the field. So to wrap everything up, I guess, in this massive hodgepodge mind dump of all my thoughts on everything going on right now in the NFL, with you can tell it's the offseason. You can tell it's before training camp because every other day there's this new list coming out about so-and-so is ranked here. Who is the most improved after the draft? Which uh, team has the best depth at long snapper is now coming out. You have all these lists of everything that's coming out because we're bored. We're all so bored. (laughs) We're all so bored and trying to come out with new stuff to debate about. So you've got all these guys coming up with all these new lists. The only thing though, is we all do pay attention to this. And I don't know about the rest of uh, the Jaguars fan base. Uh, I'm keeping receipts. I'm waiting. It's going to keep coming. And I cannot wait to see what happens when we continue to be the best team in the AFC South. We continue to dominate in the AFC South. We continue to win. We continue to have a playoff berth because it's Jaguar season now. So, and you can mark the day on that one because this will be coming out Thursday. So that'll be that. Uh, And question at the end of the show is always, is this a good take or is this a bad take? Are all of my comments on which take some of those fan bases out of the equation i I want to take all your loyalty out of the equation i want you to look at solely based on the numbers and the schedule which is going to come out the same day this episode is supposedly look at the schedule look at the players look at the regression look at the progression look at the additions and subtractions they made in the offseason is this is everything i'm saying a good take or is this a bad take good take or bad take jaguars underrated browns overrated cowboys overrated jets overrated uh Denver overrated. Are these good takes? Are these bad takes? Are the Chargers overrated? Let me know. And if you like the show, let me know if you have any kind of critique or criticism or anything, let me know as well. This is just kind of right off the dome, just trying to figure out what we're trying to do with this, the direction I kind of want to take this show. 
and kind of go from there? Uh, will it be more of a just a complete mental brain dump into a microphone or will it be a little more structured? Let me know your thoughts. Uh, let me know your opinions. Best we can do that is those five-star reviews. Uh, I appreciate you listening to this little 15, 20-minute go. Um, if you liked it, tell all your friends, tell all your family, tell everybody who's listened to Two Dudes of Sports News as always, which if you don't, you should. Uh, it's a little more structured and organized over there. And me and Jalen go back and forth. If you're coming from over there, welcome to my mental space. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the inside of my brain. But thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate the time and I appreciate the the thoughts and I appreciate the reviews. If you liked it, tell everyone you know. Tell your crazy uncle who thinks the same way I do. Tell everybody else uh, how great this little excerpt is from the show. And if you didn't like it, it's never happened. I can't give you that time back, and I'm not going to, but I appreciate your patience. I appreciate you giving the show a shot. Uh, you go your way, I'll go mine, and this never, ever happened. Um, find us, or You can interact with me a little more on Twitter, at TDSNPod, or at our new Twitter space for this page, which is going to be This Is Bad Take Pod. It'll be the same logo as the show. We'll be on there. Those are the best places to interact with me on that. And yeah, for all the people who get those shout-outs, if you want to get your shout-out at the end of the show, Retweet the show, retweet the TDS and podcast show, like, review, all of it. So as always, I want to give a shout out to Austin over the Wrestling World Podcast, Jim over at Fan the Van, Brent and Dave over the 1420 Podcast. Congratulations on 300 episodes. That's an absolutely fantastic thing. And here's to 300 more. The guys who are the BS in Sports Podcast, uh, Aaron and JD over Brutally Honest, Nate's Daily Wager, my boy Darian over at Chill Takes. Uh, I'm sure he's just as upset about this Jaguar stuff as I am. Uh, Dave and John over Love of the Playing Field. Uh, the guys over the We Like Sports podcast, Sports Betting with Jake and Scott, Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris, uh, John over Wrestling Fan Insight, and the You Bet Smart podcast as well. I don't want to forget those guys. Those guys uh, were, I still owe you guys to listen. They actually are going to have an interesting episode about Pete Rose coming out and gambling and sports. So go pay attention to that. But as always, as we like to say at the end of the TDSN podcast, the Two Dudes of Sports News show, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will see you next time.